while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Apparently, so Bloom Bus bought Datco, um, is what uh, I am trash 508 from Fairhaven is, is telling us, and uh, also letting me know that I am trash 508 is his gamer tag. <laughs> I like that. It's my gamer tag. I think it's something lame. I think it's just like Mark, I think it's just my Twitter handle. Like Marcus Farrowa. Oh, I'm not supposed to promote my Twitter on 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 the air. Sorry. Guess I'm fired. Uh 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. We've been talking about uh uh DACO um cutting their bus service to Boston. Uh from Greater New Bedford to Boston. Used to leave and you know, used to depart and arrive from Fairhaven, New Bedford and and uh, Dartmouth for the better part of nine years, and uh, they announced uh, they abruptly announced that it is no longer a viable option for them, and they are leaving. They're just gonna they're just gonna go. Um, again, I understand from the business standpoint of it. I just only like the business standpoint of it. I just my whole thing is. I understand it's not profitable. You got to end the service, right? I guess your business, you got to make profit. If you don't, you're not going to exist as a company. But I don't know. I don't know what DACO's bottom line is either. I'm not privy to the financials of the company and how long they could go on with that service. But I just feel like if you are, I assume they're getting some sort of mass dot subsidies already. I'd be surprised if they weren't. You know, I don't want to speculate too much, but my, my whole thing is, is if you are a bus company or if you're a transportation company and you are providing public transportation to that people rely on, public transportation is and should be a public good. Like they have to alert 
the Department of Public Utilities because they know transportation is itself a public utility. It's something that people use as a public good that the public needs. So <laughs> why do private companies just get to end that public good basically whenever they want to? 30 days notice is nothing. They're like, oh, we gave 30 days notice. It's re- that's what's required. Great. That's nothing. That's, that is not, that is, and, and by the way, I don't think they were very, they weren't very, I don't think they were very, let's say, vocal about their ending service. They made a, they put out a statement what, on online, on their website. So you have to go to their website to find out. 508-996-0500. Uh, if, okay, so Polly from Bedford says, if that woman needs a ride to Boston for chemo until she can find someone I'm more than happy to help. Did it for years with my old man, and I know how important that is. That's nice. Um, it's a very nice gesture. Uh, you know, that that, that story was um, from Grace Ferguson. Uh, she wrote that story and interviewed the woman with chemo. So uh, I think if you want to get in touch with her, you can. Uh, you know, go to newbedfordlight.org, and her email should be there. Um, the It's tough. I mean, that's that's tough get chemo and then drive back from Boston. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening, or we'll take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Hello? Hey. Uh, I used to work down there, and as far as I know, they, they was the contract with the state when it was Madeira's bus. And they said they would... It was like a 20-year contract. They were 10 years in. So they probably fulfilled their contract with the state and said, hey, this ain't worth it no more, and then cut the cut. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, because Madeira's bus originated the contract with the state for the the commuter bus between Behaven and Boston. And Dad helped bought them out when there was still another 10 years left on the contract, which was about 10 years ago that I worked there. And uh, I can tell you, it's, it's a rough line. Like, uh, the guys, they beat the bus up. They cut the seat. The whole nine yards. It's not super lucrative. So as soon as they fulfilled contract, they probably said, hey, we're getting out of it. Yeah, they said they gave uh, they gave notice to the DPU per per their requirements. So, yeah, that, that I guess that makes sense. So this was originally Madeira's bus company. It got bought out by DACO. They were fulfilling yeah. a, a contract is what you're saying? Is your understanding yeah. of it? Yeah. Okay. They were on the hook for the contract of the previous Madeira's bus. Right. And that's basically the key reason they kept it. Other than that, their bread and butter out of the Haven spot was always to go up to the casinos. Oh, yeah, right. Do they still do that? Uh, well, they. I heard that they sold the bloom. Right? right, yeah. Someone, someone yeah. said they sold the Bloom. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bloom still keeps that going because that is definitely pretty lucrative. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that still like to go to the casino. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. They, they just hop on board and they don't have to worry about parking a car or nothing. Yeah. 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 Plus, there's free drinks. They don't have to worry about driving. Yeah. 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 All right. Take care. Have a Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program, or we'll take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Yeah, I guess, like I said, they found out, and I get it. It's not viable. They can't make a profit off of it. You know, either it's because of fuel cost, upkeep, and all of that, but you just feel like there should be 
that public service should be provided, you know? I don't know. I, I, I think it should be. So, you know, MassDOT said there's no funding mechanism available. I, I get that too because this did like, again, maybe there could have been if Datco didn't just drop this. It fell from the sky, right? Like those ballot questions. It just came out of nowhere. Like the, the CPA ballot question or the or the, the four-year term ballot question. No rhyme or reason, just bam, fell from the sky, right? So, I mean, maybe there could have been a mechanism available, a, a funding mechanism available. Maybe there should be. I mean, we're always run, running at a budget surplus every year. We're supposed to be getting a billion in revenue from... We're supposed to be getting a billion in revenue from uh, the fair share amendment, right? Uh, approximately a billion. That's supposed to go through education and transportation. Those are the two things that desperately need funding in many, many ways, not just providing more, you know, comprehensive transportation services, but also um, infrastructure, you know, sort of rebuilding our infrastructure, uh, the the traffic congestion in Boston is very very bad. Like one of the nation's worst. And I think I talked a little bit about about it, but um, I might have given you some old data. There's some newer data that came out earlier this year. Uh, there was a um, an analytics company, Inrix, Inrix, that had um, ranked the cities and uh, the cities of uh, the major metros across the country in traffic congestion. And Boston is, I believe, only number, uh, only trail Chicago, right? Yeah. Okay. So Boston, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Boston, only trail Chicago for most congested city and ranked fourth globally behind London, Paris. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. So Boston, so Boston is the second most congested traffic congested city in the entire country only behind Chicago globally globally it is Paris London Chicago then Boston Boston is the fourth most congested city in the entire world that is crazy to think about <laughs> that is a that is crazy to think about. When you are in traffic up in Boston, you are in one of the worst traffic jams in the entire world. <laughs> so uh, Boston lost 134 hours. Uh, so the typical Bostonian lost, this is the, according to the data, the typical Bostonian lost 134 hours in 2022 due to traffic congestion, which is up 56 hours from last year but still 10% below pandemic levels. So the congestion costed an average Boston driver. I think I said 2,900 in the last hour. They're saying it's cost about 2,200, but a couple thousand dollars, uh, a couple thousand dollars a year that they're losing. And no surprise to anybody, the biggest 
you know, the highest area of congestion, the biggest trouble spot is 90, the 93 south from the tunnel to the split. So the way we get up there from down here, the way we get up there from the tunnel to the split, the Tip O'Neill Tunnel, right? It's the Tip O'Neill Tunnel, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Someone let me know if that's the Tip O'Neill Tunnel. I think I drove through it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because the other when I drove through it a while back, Chris actually called me. I was driving through it. McCarthy called me. He goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm driving through the Tip O'Neill Tunnel as we speak. So I think it's the Tip O'Neill Tunnel. But from there to the split, the split is where we are, of course. You drive up 24, there's that split. And you take the right, you get into 93. That stretch, that stretch is the fourth most congested corridor in the entire country. So when you commute from here to Boston in your car, you are taking the fourth most congested route to a major metropolitan area in the entire country. And again, commuters are losing a couple grand in wages a year, 134 hours, right, of time uh, of their time. It's a serious problem. So South Coast Rail is going to be an answer to that, obviously. It's supposed to be an answer to that. This is supposed to be an answer to that congestion because it's going to pick up commuters from New Bedford, Fall River, Taunton, Freetown, right, all the way up to Boston. That's the idea. So it's going to take a lot of cars off the road. But as I've said before, when I've spoken with transportation experts, you know, people from transportation advocacy organizations, former state cabinet secretaries, uh, Congressman Jake Auchincloss, who sits on the Transportation Committee in Congress, they've all said that it's not an either or, it's not an either or proposition for South Coast Rail and busing. That's what makes the, 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 the DACO VP's comments so like strange saying well polit you know the 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 political bodies want rail service but they never said we want rail service at the expense of busing service or any other public transportation they didn't say we want everybody on rail um all the time no matter what they just said they want it in addition to i think you know a tapestry uh rail is part of a like a tapestry i think of of measures to try to lessen the horrendous traffic in the greater Boston area, the, the, the horrendous infrastructure in the, in, the, in the greater Boston area to make it at least a little bit more manageable. Um, maybe, you know, you know, there's other rail proposals, east-west rail and all of that. Maybe that'll help as well. But again, to, to underscore what a problem this is and why South Coast Rail isn't the sing isn't supposed to be the singular solution to the problem. There is the commute from that split four ninety that split from uh, um, ninety uh, ninety three when you're going up twenty four that ninety three split to the Tip O'Neill Tunnel. That is the fourth most congested route in the entire country. Boston is the fourth most congested city in the world, in the world. And one of the major areas, the major points, the major point of 
problem, you know, the major problem area is the route that we take. All of us down here take to Boston. That's the major problem area. So that's why, again, buses, buses and trains are supposed to be working compatibly to one provide different, I think, times and different transportation options for the people down here to get up there. 508-996-0500. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. This is South Coast Night. I'm Marcus. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500. So you get in the program. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. Hey. Um, now, uh, did you see London, England... Uh, on that uh, worldwide, you know, congestion. Thing. Yeah, they were they were number they were number two apparently, according to reports. So their plan hasn't worked. Now uh, there was talk about adopting their plan here for a while, and what was that plan in London? Uh, they did implement that um, well, years ago, and the plan was as followed: you wouldn't be allowed to uh, go into London without special IDs. And everybody who wanted to go to London would have to get uh, off at bus terminals 10 miles outside of the city and take buses in to reduce car traffic. Now, they talked about doing that here uh, for Boston, and uh, the bus companies would have found that a boon. For example, I heard once they would have put one on Route 24 uh, to capture the traffic, car traffic, coming from south of that area there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they never got it. I didn't hear uh, much after it was proposed. Uh, I have suffered going to Boston, and uh, I don't want to go there anymore. There's <laughs> stop-and-go traffic where people roar ahead for short distances to, you know, 60 miles an hour uh, acceleration, jamming on brakes, and you're always at risk of uh, being in a... Uh, fender bender or worse uh and angry traffic around you if you ever slowed them down yeah. by pulling aside but um maybe dotco has a chip on their shoulder because they didn't get that type of plan but from what you say uh that plan implemented in london which it was um hasn't really helped yeah i'm not sure uh about what plans they implemented the only thing i was in terms of I, I know there wasn't an uh, I, I haven't heard a proposal for like special IDs to go into Boston, but what I have heard is uh, congestion tolling. Um, so basically, you know, they it would they would start to implement it probably in areas that already have tolls in it. But you start you start pricing certain areas for uh, to incur during peak hours to encourage off peak commuting. Um, basically, so to try to like spread out the the amount of traffic, you start tolling during the during the rush hours. Basically, that that's one of the proposals. I think New York's actually on its way to to, to doing it. Well, I heard a clip on the news program this afternoon where uh, Tony Cabral is shocked by it, and he's uh, going to look into it and ask questions. But um, yeah, what they can do legally, I guess they can do legally. 
Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm of the opinion that if you're providing a public service, a public good like transportation, that you should be under special obligations, right? Um, to for continuity of service until that can be taken over, you should be on the hook, uh, hook for it because that's the type of service that you've already agreed to provide. So yeah, I, I wonder what options you know, Rep Cabral is is thinking of. In fact, I'll, I'll probably reach out to him. All right, on another aspect. Um, I was thinking earlier today, um, a lot of people think the big dig uh, was an extra extravagant boondoggle, and a recent report mm -hmm. uh, criticized it for not really um, alleviating traffic problems or flow, yeah. as was promised. And as you know, it was like $14 billion over budget. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we got this train. How much did the train cost to come from Boston to here? How probably, much? Probably like half. I think like, I think it cost like half a billion. Or 600, 600 million. Something yeah. like that. Now, my question would be, uh, seeing as that seems to be somewhat of a boondoggle too now, uh, it's not going to be a commuter to work train because it's too long and all. Um, I mean, uh, my question is this, Marcus, uh, what kind of investigative reporting would reveal all the campaign contributions that our state politicians got to approve of these boondoggles from the construction companies, uh, from the real estate uh, moguls, etc.? Uh, because it was pretty much a done deal. And e even the vote that we had, it was belated. Yeah, I mean, it's something they've been working on for like 20, 30 years. So, um, but uh, I don't, I mean, oh, that's all, who gave to whom is all public record on OCPF. But I don't hear anything about how many of the construction companies uh, gave campaign contributions for the big dig. I don't hear anything about well, it. And I'm not hearing anything about uh, the commuter I mean, train there's like the, there's like three of our elected officials that were around uh, in our state. Only like three of them were around during the big yeah, dig. Yeah, it, uh, it was voted upon by the state. So yeah. a lot of people uh, I, I don't know if we returned favors for these things. Sure, I, I, we could. I mean, that's something that you could look into, but I, th I don't I think... I can't look into it. Well... Anybody could look into who gave to whom. It's all public record on OCPF, but uh, the big dig was 30 years ago. Most of the people in our delegation well, weren't even there. The, uh, commuter train. Uh, what's behind that? That seems like uh, a waste of taxpayers' dollars. I don't think it will be. We, we haven't even, it hasn't even started yet. How is it going to look like well, it's a waste of taxpayers' dollars? The time schedule uh, seems to um, implode its uh, efficiency. I don't know because people like if you drive to Boston, you've you got to budget like at least two hours into your commuter time anyway. So like a 90 minute commute on train doesn't seem all that bad. Uh, I think you're underestimating what recent figures are on that and probably overestimating how much it takes car time to get there. So but I'll leave you with that thought. Campaign contributions behind all kinds of things. And uh, that may also include um, opposition to rent control uh, mm. from campaign contributions. So the vote will uh, go against it, too. That's the way politics are, but there's well, not well, enough investigative reporting. Well, well, well actually, it. to that point, uh, in terms of the rent control thing, 
before like before that home rule petition in Boston even hit the state house there was a realtors not a realtors like a landlords association some real estate association some pack that had raised $400,000 like basically overnight yeah, I read about it, four hundred fifty thousand, and that was several weeks ago. What have mm-hmm. they got now? Oh, it's gonna they're gonna it's gonna be tens yeah, of millions gonna, of dollars. It's gonna mushroom there, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, yeah, uh, we have the best democracy that money can buy. Yeah, right. No, I, Adios. I appreciate that. That's that's a good line to go out. That's a good line to. It's a great line to end a call on. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it, sir. 508-996-0500. Um, yeah, there's already, for the rent control stuff, there's already, I mean, here's the thing. It's going to be, it's funny. It's one of those, it's one of those things, right, where you're going to have all these real estate companies spending way more to kill rent control than it would, the, than enacting rent control would actually cost them. But it's the principle of it, right? So, um, yeah, uh, with that, I mean, with rent control, too, I think that's going to end up. I think, honestly, what we're going to end up seeing is a statewide ballot question. Just like with the one we had in 94, um, it's going to they're going to bring it back. But I think there's a different, you know, I think that's I think that's fine. I think that's different than like then like proposing a ballot question of something that people voted on like five years ago is a little bit different. I mean, you know, then posting a ballot, positing a question 30 years later because circumstances have materially changed, like significantly in 30 years. People's minds have changed about these things in 30 years, for sure. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM uh, app if you want to shoot us a message um yeah one of the things that has has been brought up is congestion pricing or congestion tolling and so basically it's it want they want to encourage people commuting in off peak hours and so they'll start tolling in during peak hours in high traffic areas new york is moving towards doing that now new york was the fifth most congested city in the world behind boston so it means they're the third most congested city in the country behind Boston. 508-996-0500. So they're actually implementing congestion tolling. So, or they're moving towards it at least, until, unless somebody can kill that momentum. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. Hey, what's up? They're talking about the, uh, the train coming into New Bedford. Yeah. Uh... Back before your time, you weren't even born yet. But back in 1950, my mother took me on a train from New Bedford to Boston. One time, just for the ride, and she mm-hmm. did a little shop, and then we came home. But then they stopped that line. Do you know why? Why? Wasn't making any money. Interesting. Do you really believe it's going to make money now? Oh, I I think uh, I think things have changed fundamentally in the last sixty years. How many times do you think you'll take the train to Boston? Uh, I'll probably go to Boston more. Like I'm gonna first of all, I got to try it, right? But I'll probably go to Boston more now that that service is available versus when I used to drive up there. Driving up there sucks. I hate it. Oh, I, I know that. <laughs> you know, but I I'm going to tell you right now. I own this is my honest opinion. I think in ten years after they stop 
making this run. Mm-hmm. Within 10 years, it'll be closed down. Really? If it's not, if it's not making money, they're not going to run it down here. Okay. And that's what happened back in the 50s. Yeah. Wasn't making money, and they stopped the run. Yeah. I mean, the, their terminal used to be where the Social Security office is down by the river. Right. Hmm? Well, I, I, again, I think the, like... A lot's changed since then. I think I don't even think we had in the fifties. That's when we just started building the interstate highway system. We didn't even have that back then. So I think the yeah. economy has expanded exponentially, and I think the economy of Boston's expanded oh, exponentially since then. Oh, the economy sucks. Let's face it. Oh, it we does suck. It's it does suck. Uh-huh. But I think the economy of Boston's is grown quite a bit since since um, since the nineteen fifties in certain areas. You know. Well, I've watched it happen. You know, I grew up in that era. Right. And I watched it happen, and I just said to myself, I know it's going to happen again. I mean, you know, I'll tell you who's going to use the train. All right, now I'll tell you exactly who's going to use the train. Oh. They're drug dealers. <laughs> oh, yeah? When they're bringing their drugs to Boston, they're not going to drive anymore and take a chance to get stopped. Pull they're over. going to smuggle drugs onto a train and bring them to... Into Boston. Into Boston? Okay. Sure. I, that, that's, I honestly believe that. Yeah. The drug dealer, that's a, that's a godsend for your drug dealers. We, now we can get to Boston without worrying about the cars following us. Oh, yeah. Unless they follow you on the train. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, Mark. Nice talking. I appreciate the call. Thank you. So, uh, 508-996-0500. Yeah, I mean, in the 50s, they didn't even have, uh, was before my time, um, but uh, in the 50s, they didn't even have um, the interstate highway system, right? That was Dwight Eisenhower that that, that started the building the interstate highway system in the 50s. And so I think a lot's changed in the Boston economy in particular. One of the things with the Boston economy that's interesting is they Boston's become a major global hub of life sciences, right? But the traffic um, the traffic situation in Boston is so bad. I keep I hate to keep having to use the same word over and over again. But the traffic congestion in Boston is so bad. The traffic situation in Boston is so bad um, that they are. There is concern that they're the life sciences industry in Boston, in particular, and of course, there's education and all that as well. But the life sciences industry is going in Boston is going to grow um, beyond what the current transit infrastructure can actually handle. So, again, I think. In this situation, I think with there's going to be probably um, a lot more development around rail than there was in the 50s. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 1420 WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. As well. Pollution from trucks is a public health crisis. Diesel-burning trucks belch dangerous levels of pollution. And communities living near ports and along freight corridors breathe especially high levels of this dirty air. But this crisis has a solution. My name is Sasan Sadat, and I work for Earth Justice. I'm working to clean up our air quality, particularly for communities that bear the burden of diesel pollution. For the sake of our lungs, our health, and our climate, The future of trucking in this country has got to be zero emissions. Until then, I will never rest. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Earth Justice is fighting to save lives, protect our climate, and strengthen our economy through the shift to zero emissions. 
If clean air matters to you, visit us at earthjustice.org. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. To some people, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much. But that's not necessarily true. By six months, they're combining vowels and consonants. By nine months, they're trying out different kinds of sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on some meaning. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Early screening and intervention can make a lifetime of difference and unlock a world of possibilities. Take the first step at AutismSpeaks.org. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. We've been talking about Datco's ending their bus service to um, from uh, Fairhaven, Dartmouth, New Bedford to Boston. We've been talking about South Coast Rail, how it you know it's coming uh, at the end of the year and the end of this year, and what that's going to mean for the region. I dug up an old piece. I, I, I will per- periodically reference this piece because it is a few years old. It's one of the first things I wrote when I uh, when I started here at WBSM. Um, but it, I remember it taking me such an incredibly long time to write. Um. So, uh, yeah, so what I was saying was, um, you know, the biotech industry had experienced, I think, a 35% growth over the last decade. And they said the current state of transportation can't sustain that rate of growth. So I think in order to maintain where they're at, they're going to have to expand beyond the current infrastructure of Boston. I think that includes, you know, having rail access between these communities. And it's, the, you know, the plan is to create, I think, six stations, right? They said it's, you know, obviously Middleborough, Lakeville is going to stay the same. Taunton, Fall River, New Bedford, Freetown. Am I missing one? It's five new stations. Taunton, Fulver, New Bedford, Freetown, East Taunton. Yeah, there was one in East Taunton, which I think there was some complaints. They wanted, they wanted a station in downtown Taunton, but, you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. So, um, <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, so the, the, the biotech industry is growing at like a 35% clip over the last decade. They can't sustain that growth. So they, they may have to look towards, I don't know, expanding beyond you know, the inside, you know, inside the, the, the city borders, right? Um, uh, you know, you've seen it in Lakeville and Freetown, the sort of development that's gone on over there. Worcester in the early 90s got real, uh, had, uh, had gotten real service to Boston. And it has, you know, when, when I was talking to someone from Transportation for Massachusetts on this program, they talked about how 
they talked about how that service um, has, you know, concurrently led to more economic development of that area. If you go to the Freetown, uh, Middleborough, I mean the, the Middleborough Lakeville station, you see all those developments that are being built around the uh, around the that station. You see all those all that housing, and um, there's also another the MBTA zoning laws that require, um, according to the Attorney General, require cities and towns to develop more or to basically not to develop but to allow the development of housing in the areas around the station so they can't be a hindrance to the development of housing in the areas around the station i guess the idea being that it's a public benefit having the mbta station in your town so you have to allow for development in that area so people can uh, have access to and enjoy that public benefit in the same way others can i guess that you know that would be the the foundation for that. Um, 508-996-0500 is how you can get the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. I'll tell you what, take one last break for the hour and then we'll be right back. <coughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on. Been talking about South Coast Rail in this hour. Um, the expected... Daily passenger rate of the rail service, according to the Commonwealth, is twenty seven hundred daily rail passengers. That's quite a bit. Um, that's, I think, obviously going to lead to a positive economic impact. Uh, you know, there's. Obviously, some housing projects that are already being, you know, I think accounted for. There's a fifty thousand square, fifty-seven thousand square foot uh, commercial and residential project that's being built. I think in Fall River, or at least was being built in Fall River. I don't know if it's still continuing, but I remember um, that being built in Fall River. Um, there's going to be, I think, some more developments around where the train's going to be, which is going to be in the Hicks Logan area of. Uh, of New Bedford, right? And that's, you know, Mayor Mitchell's been pretty, uh, I think pretty candidly called that the most distressed, yeah, the most distressed um, neighborhood in the city, right? And so I think having a train stop there is going to, I think, go a long way to make some positive development over there. Now, New Bedford isn't subject to the MBTA communities law. Uh, the MBTA communities law was written before New Bedford and Fall River had officially made themselves MBTA communities, and thus made you know them making themselves MBTA communities law. Uh, MBTA communities, I believe, would have made Fairhaven, Dartmouth, Freetown, and Acushnet, all the cities and towns that border. Um, along with Somerset, right? Somerset's, um, what other towns? I think that's pretty much it. I think I, I listed everybody. All the towns that border Freetown and uh, Westport, all the, all the, the town cities and towns that border Fall River and New Bedford would have made them MBTA communities 
as well. I believe that's how it works. So they're not, we're not subjected to it down here in the South Coast or most of the cities and towns in the South Coast, Middleborough and Berkeley, um, Taunton and Lakeville, I believe are subjected to it. Um, but it's basically a law that says, now some people say it's optional. Uh, Attorney General Andrea Campbell said it isn't optional, but they basically said you have to have zoning requirements in, in a certain radius near the track, uh, near the, not near the track, near the, um, near the stations, basically that allow for the development of market rate uh, housing. So allow, you got to allow for development of market rate housing. There has to be, there has to be, you have to allow for that development. You can't, you don't have to make it happen. You just can't stop other people from making it happen, basically. You can't be a hindrance uh, to that with, you know, unduly burdensome, unduly burdensome zoning laws. Thus far, out of 175 communities, uh, remember Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll had said uh, when she was talking to Chris and I the other day, only two of them, uh, which I think is Middleborough and Berkeley, have said, hey, we're not doing it. And uh, Attorney General Andre Campbell is moving towards enforcing that. She said it's not optional. I think the the language of the law says may and not shall, which can make a difference. 508-996-0500. We're also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. This is South Coast tonight, uh, and I'm here till 10, so give me a buzz. Uh, yeah, give me a buzz. <laughs> 